I think we're at this uh, transition where people are starting to adopt digital twins. And one of the keys to that is really just the ease of use to make it very easy to do. Um, and if it isn't easy and you can't get that data fast and quickly, it's going to be very hard to embrace it in the construction industry. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. My guest today is Paul Collar, VP of Strategic Engagement of Cupix. He has had a technology-focused career spanning more than 25 years. Paul has held executive positions focused on the development of implementation of mobile and terrestrial 3D scanning, 3D tours, 360 imagery platforms, BIM, BDC, AR, VR, and much, much more. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks for having me, Todd. Absolutely. Excited for the conversation. So let's start with how you got into the construction industry. So it started way back when in college, I actually was in a mechanical engineering program and always had an interest in architecture. And so I actually started in architecture my senior year in college, even when I was in school. Um, so I started working 25 hours a week, trying to graduate um, for, with an engineering degree at the same time and got myself into kind of the CAD world at the time. There was not mm. such a thing as BIM at the time, but experience from using these high-end, um, you know, enterprise CAD CAM systems for mechanical engineering, um, use those skills to kind of get in and apply that technology in architecture. Um, and, you know, eventually yeah, I, I had uh, ideas of trying to get licensed in architecture, but found really quickly that I gravitated towards the the technology, the implementation, the workflow, and how that can be applied in uh, not just architecture. I was involved in applying it in construction and facilities and, and other types of related fields in, in architecture. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So what was it about the, the technology and implementation side of things that really kind of pulled you in? Um, well, it was early on when I got started, so um, a little different today. So it was the idea of uh, taking manual type processes, getting them on the computer, and then also leveraging higher end technologies like rendering in 3D, um, which at the time was very new and a lot more difficult than it is today in terms of being able to create animations and renderings and things like that. Um, and, and just, I, I love the, the process. I was always interested in the kind of the AEC process and being involved with that and how can we get technology into that process and always gravitated to trying to implement, implement technologies that everybody can use, not mm -hmm. just kind of the top five, 10% of people that understand technology. Um, so the more people that can use it, the more beneficial it can be. So, which usually gravitates to something very easy for everybody to use, which isn't always easy in technology in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what have you noticed throughout your career that are maybe some key foundational building blocks for a company to adopt technology well? Um, I would say just having a plan and having champions to be able to then one, figure out the best implementation, the easiest implementation, and then being a resource for those people to make sure that they're successful in implementing those technologies. Uh -huh. 
Any, probably one of the keys I see out there. Yeah. Any advice on how to find those champions that are, are going to put you in the best position? Sometimes those people are hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> they so, hide sometimes. <laughs> well, and th- I mean, those are the types of people that we're trying to bring on internally um, to be champions for customers leveraging the Cupix platform. So, yeah. Uh, so, how do you explain those fairly complex, uh, you know, maybe technologies or ideas and, and concepts in a simplistic way in order to gain that buy in from? people that really have a diverse background of experience and, and knowledge and maybe aren't the most technical or, you know, maybe are, maybe you're talking to a, a very wide range of, of skills and, and backgrounds. How do you get that complex down to the simple? Uh, it's always a challenge. Um, if I were to look at it from the, the with my Cupix hat on, we, we really approach it with, um, using an analogy of similar to let's say Google Street View. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we definitely at the, the basic level just make it so that it's that easy for people, for the masses to get into the system. Um, but at the same time, we can then, depending upon the audience we're talking to, we can get into more advanced features, but the key is really not, uh, is really addressing the simplest of features so that everybody can get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Cupix, we can get in and, and apply it to your more, more advanced people. Let's say they're in the BIM BDC group and really understand the technology. So, yeah. So from the technology provider side, you're saying it's, it's important to have kind of those different tiers, have the simplistic feature sets that, that everybody can kind of get that buy-in and then you can ramp up and, and scale up in degree of difficulty from there. Exactly. And really here. understanding the, the audience that you're talking to. Um, you don't want to be talking to a project executive on the most advanced features for BIM BDC, mm-hmm. uh, for example. Um, so it's really just for everybody starting simple, knowing your audience, and then decide if you can go into the more advanced features to the audience that you're talking to. So yeah. it's really addressing, are you talking to a, an executive, a project manager, a project engineer, a BIM BDC expert? Um, is it a a property owner, building owner, facilities manager. It's just kind of really knowing who the audience is and deciding what to really, you don't want to overwhelm them with the technology. Right. Makes total sense. Uh, So why is it important to generate really solid buy-in for technology before you start the implementation process? I mean, if you don't have the buy-in, it's just not going to be successful. So it's really important to get buy-in from from the top all the way down um and if you have buy-in then everybody's invested in in making it work uh, um i'm a big believer in defining terms so maybe let's back up for for those uh that are, are listening how how would you define buy-in i think it can there's a little um nuances that, that people can take to that so for you what is buy-in with the I would say buy-in is just commitment from the entire team to really put the effort to implement the solution. Uh-huh. So it would be financially and time and you know commitment to really learn it and implement. Yeah, nice. Uh, so you know you, you kind of have two scenarios of of where buy-in starts, either from the the top down or from the, the bottom up, and it has that grassroots. 
how is it different if it is top down versus bottom up? What are those two different scenarios look like? From, you know, from the, from the top, it's really the message is how it's going to improve your business. How are you going to save money um, and make sure that you're going to get your investment back? Um, a lot of times from the bottom up, um, it's really sometimes we're, we're dealing with the technical people. It is really showing kind of the technical abilities of platforms and what it can do to enhance them. Uh-huh. Um, that's, you know, where we find at Cupix is at the, at the bottom, a lot of times project engineers, BIM, BDC, that, are, that really understand the technology, want to embrace the technology. Um, again, the executives are more just the bottom line. How is it really going to improve or are we going to save money using, mm-hmm. using a solution? Create a common data environment for your team with 360 Sync. 360 Sync automatically transfers, organize, and archives project files across applications. It is the only way to automatically sync project files between your server, Procore, BIM360, Bluebeam, or any other platform you use. 360 Sync is the only document management system designed by and for the AEC industry. Users have automatically transferred over 1 million files and over 2 million syncs. Set it and forget it. Create a common data environment for your team today using 360 Sync. Visit asti.com slash 360 Sync for more information. Yeah. Uh, well, let's shift focus a little bit. And uh, can you kind of go down the, the trail for me? Uh, unpack the power of having context around any particular construction issue. And why is that valuable to know exactly where an issue is on the job site? So one of the issues recently is it's very difficult for everybody to get on a project site. Um, with the pandemic, um, you're restricted as to who can go on site, who can travel. Um, so Cupix being a, a digital twin platform, or maybe think of it as kind of a, a virtual tour, 3D tour, um, it provides the context, not just in, let's say, an XY, let's say at a plan view, but also in the 3D. So we understand that, that basic context. And most of the time, um, People in kind of existing processes is just taking 2D photos, let's say with an iPhone. And the problem is this data is just kind of stuck in a folder. Um, Unless people spend a lot of time organizing the data, it's really hard to get to that information and know where the context of exactly where that is, when was it taken. Um, And that's what Cupix really does for people. It really gives them the context of uh, where you are, and provides that context where sometimes people um, working, let's say with 2D drawings, working with 3D models, um, not everybody in this world can understand kind of the the 3D space from that type of information. You know, the majority of the population can't visualize in 3D. Um, So I've even worked with architects that can't visualize in 3D in some (laughs) cases. Um, And the, the idea of, let's say, a 360 image, um, similar to, let's say, Google Street View, everybody can understand that context and understand what is really there. And I think different with Google Street View, what Cupix is doing is providing kind of the, 
the detailed information, whereas Google Street View is really kind of at a macro level, whereas Cupix and what we're providing is at a micro level in that we understand where the level, we understand uh, where you are, let's say in a plan, if it's architectural, mechanical, electrical, um, we understand where it coexists in a BIM model mm -hmm. um, and makes it so that it's just very easy for people to understand the context of where they are um, and have that visual information that's not abstract, like you would get with, let's say, a 2D drawing or a, a markup or something like that. Yeah, nice. Where's the construction industry and in actually really adopting and then embracing the digital twin technology? So the it's 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 just starting. I think we're at this uh, transition where people are starting to um, address digital twin or adopt digital twins. And one of the keys to that is really just the ease of use to make it very easy to do. Mm -hmm. um, and if it isn't easy and you can't get that data fast and quickly, it's going to be very hard to embrace it in the construction industry. So. That's why with our solution, it's just a 360 camera, put it on a selfie stick, put it on a helmet, and you're just walking the site. Um, granted, we prefer you walk it slowly. Um, but uh, and I think if with the if it becomes easy to use, people are going to start adopting it more. And I also think um, what's also going to make it more prevalent is owners starting to request this digital twin information as they start realizing the benefits of having this data or having uh, this unified information during operations, maintenance, and facilities. Mm -hmm. And so I think as those owners start realizing that the, the overall ownership or cost of a building over its life really is in operations and maintenance, not in the initial construction of that building. And as they start realizing that, they will start to realize they're missing a lot of information during construction or during tenant improvement projects that could be used to enhance them in the overall life of that building mm -hmm. and having that contextual information so that if they're performing a, a tenant improvement or remodeling a building, they have a lot of context there to make better decisions as to what they should be doing, as opposed to wondering, you know, is this wall structural or is there a column or is there ducting electrical work, any of that in there and help them make those decisions um, in that in that process of deciding on what they're going to do with the buildings. Yeah. Why do you think that there hasn't been um, or there, there's there, the groundswell of owners really uh, making that a requirement isn't fully there yet that that tide hasn't, you know, fully peaked or maybe what will cause that tide to uh, swell up more. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, it does. And I think that what we're doing at Cupix in providing, let's say a, like a Google street view of mm -hmm. their entire facility, it becomes much easier to use. Mm -hmm. So I know there's this groundswell of, of owners requiring BIM models. Um, but the problem with that is a lot of times the, the owners, the facilities groups don't really know what to do with that BIM model. And that BIM model is also very abstract. Um, and a lot of times those BIM models aren't necessarily what was built. 
Um, so there's this whole concept of what was designed by the architect, mechanical, electrical, structural, and then what was actually built. Right. And they don't always coincide, but that's also where you're seeing a transition of contractors being involved and updating the BIM model from an as designed, as built for a handover to that owner. Um, but still that BIM model is still abstract. It's, it depends how much detail is put into that BIM model. Um, so it's very hard to, it's still very hard to visualize, even though it's in 3D. Right. Um, and, and with Keypix having that visual, well, we're showing you exactly what is there as opposed to an abstract representation of there that's in a 3D model. And yeah. I think that's gonna help with the adoption. Um, and we're seeing that also in other industries also. Um, where people are starting to use our software in oil and gas and maritime and other industries hmm. where traditionally the, the, what they're using for digital twins is high-end technology that's super expensive, um, very expensive equipment and very labor intensive. Um, and we're getting a lot of traction in these other industries because they can just go out there with a 360 video and get spatial context to their project and spend a fraction of the money they would with other systems. So I think that the, the ease of use technology, cheaper technology, not necessarily not, I, I say cheap, but it, it's very beneficial to them, um, is gonna enable them to start leveraging this technology more kind of in the operations, maintenance and facilities of these, either a facility, a building, um, those types of, uh, industries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's an important bridge to, um, connect it, it with bringing the kind of the analog world of, of how it's actually being built in with the digital world of how it was designed and, and to merge those two together um, mm -hmm. and make it easy to, to go back and forth between the, the two different analog and, and digital worlds. Uh, so you talked about it a little bit, but love to drill down a, a bit more. How does the digital twin technology kind of concept, how does that need to be applied in construction differently than it is in other industries? So, yeah, we've been talking about digital twins, but I think it's, it's important to kind of define a digital twin because I think a lot of people have a different idea of what a digital twin is. And so, you know, digital twins are most commonly defined as a virtual representation of a physical asset, a system, or even just a process. Mm. And it's designed to help kind of detect, prevent, optimize, predict whatever you're working with. And where we typically see, where you typically see digital twins today is not necessarily in construction, but you see it more often in, let's say, um, kind of mechanical engineering or manufacturing, industrial type uh, situations. And many times it's just real-time data coming into the system. Like imagine a jet engine. Um, a jet engine has all these sensors everywhere providing you real-time information as to what's happening. Mm -hmm. And with that, you're able to predict and help maintain and analyze and optimize that engine. So our concept of, of this digital twin technology in the construction process is 
leveraging 360 imagery and and as opposed to let's say this real-time feed of sensor data which you mm -hmm. don't have a construction on a construction site because it's changing every hour daily weekly it's constantly changing so how we're applying this is just leveraging 360 imagery with video and using that as a real-time feed of data uh -huh. so imagine you're capturing once a week two times a week, every day with 360 imagery, we're then able to take the differences of that data and analyze how that construction site is changing and kind of leverage that data as kind of a real-time sensor. It's not real-time sensor, but you know, a daily sensor, uh, every other day sensor and detect, detect what's, what's, what's installed, what's not installed, how much is installed and provide this real-time feedback to help with progression and the progress tracking of that facility. Yeah. And, and hopefully that kind of makes sense to you in terms of how we're applying that digital twin kind of technology you typically see in, in industrial manufacturing into construction. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what do you think the main value then of digital twin in, in that context is for the job site? So, I mean, one is, there, I, I think, multiple benefits. One, anybody can get to the site at any time. So everybody can get there and get context to issues or just simply walk the site without, without having to get there. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the next step of that with the digital twin um, and providing real-time feedback is we're definitely helping with scheduling, billing, um, being able to detect if subcontractors, subcontractors, sorry, subcontractors actually did the work that they, they wanna get paid for um, and helping with that, um, many times dealing with critical path items on that construction project to make sure that they're getting met and we're helping provide that real-time feedback as to, you know, is it getting delayed or not delayed in helping with that schedule? Yeah, nice. So if we look out over the next kind of five years, how do you see digital twin technology really evolving in the construction space? I see it getting, you know, more integrated because um, a lot of times you're seeing this, this idea of progress tracking with a digital twin on a construction site. Um, is, is not getting used on a lot of projects. Mm -hmm. So it's something like a lot of times today, people are just, they might have a few projects that maybe have big budgets that can actually use it. Um, but what we see with the technology getting better and better, something that can be used on every project. And with the cost of it getting to a point where again, it's as easy as walking around taking video, and being able to use it on any project that you might be using. Um, 
And it doesn't necessarily have to be used on every object to track everything. Um, but even on those smaller projects, just like I was mentioning earlier, focusing on those critical path items to make sure that you're staying on track on that project. Yeah, nice. So I, I like kind of poking at some, some misconceptions. Do you think that there's something around digital twins that is a total misconception that construction has about the technology? Um, I think one misconception is, is uh, if you just have a BIM model, that's it, you know, but it's a digital twin. Uh -huh. um, I think it's a portion, you know, it, 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 you need some of those things to, 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 to come up with a digital twin, but the, a digital twin, it's, it's more of a concept really to deliver business value. Um, and if you're not providing business value, you, you don't have a digital twin. So it's really, you know, it's the idea of, you know, detecting, predicting, optimizing to provide business value. So if you just have a BIM model, um, if you're not doing those other things to provide business value, you really don't have a digital twin. Hmm. Um, because it really is a, a combination of plans, BIM, predicting, optimizing, and, and leveraging all that to get a better outcome. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, the way I kind of put it in my head, and this may be oversimplifying it, is yeah, going back to what we were talking about with the analog and, and digital world, the, the BIM model is, is your digital world, but then how do you pair that with the analog world of what's actually happening in the physical world? And that's that connection point is where digital twin really comes in because it's the right the combination of all of that it's a combination of all of it not just you know not just plans yeah um it's again it's a combination of all that so totally agree with you so if, if you could innovate one thing in the industry you could just snap your fingers and it's done what would you innovate <laughs> that's a tough question <laughs> <laughs> um i think being involved in this area of AR, VR, XR, point cloud technology, LIDAR, um, really it'd be the ability to just a snap of a finger, just get a complete representation of any physical asset with a snap of a finger. Um, and be it, uh, let's say a BIM model, 3D model, a snap of a finger. Yeah, that'd be nice. So my, my you know, when I was in architecture, um, working day to day, it was a lot of tenant improvement projects for very high tech type situations. So very heavy MEP type technical facilities. And mm -hmm. that was always a challenge of uh, uh, capturing and getting those physical assets and physical assets into a 3D model with very complex type systems. Yeah. So snap of a finger, you're done. That would be. Nice. That would create a lot more efficiency. In, in this <laughs> very much sure. so. I like it. Uh, well, how do people find out more information on uh, Cupix and, and connect with you? So you can go to www.cupix.com. And many times I'll tell people that, that Cupix is not a dating app, uh, <laughs> but it is actually, there was actually a reasoning behind the, the term Cupix, not something I came up with, but our founder, um, used it, he was using the combination of cube and pixels to come up uh, with Cupix. Yeah. So we're creating 3D or cubes from pixels. So nice. 
So there actually is a meaning behind it and it is not a dating app. <laughs> I like it. I like the meaning. That works well. I, I get it. Uh, nice. Well, well, last question, Paul, what does innovation mean to you? I did not know this would be a question. <laughs> this is my, my, my favorite ending question. <laughs> what does innovation mean to me? I guess my concept of innovation is, is really just being able to apply technology to solve business problems effectively. Mm -hmm. um, I guess it's as simple as that. Yeah, I like it. It's a good, good answer. Well, Paul, thanks so much for joining the show. I and then unpacking digital twin and construction. I, it was a great conversation. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take: having a detailed plan with champions at the ready is a key ingredient to successfully implementing new technology. Make sure you are taking the time to map it out before you really dive headfirst into the process. Second take. Once you are ready to implement, start with something simplistic and scale up in complexity from there. You don't have to eat the elephant all in one bite. And finally, ask yourself, are you providing business value with your technology? You should be. Merging the analog and the digital worlds through digital twin technology could be your answer to that question. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor Applied Software at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant. Edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2022.